Sunday, June 9th, a couple of weeks ago, I announced that Pastor Jeff and Sage uh, will be leaving our church after uh, Jeff was offered uh, the position of next-gen uh, coach in our Alberta Northwest Territories uh, uh, PAOC, Pentecostal Sons of Canada, uh, district office, and starting July 15th. We're certainly disappointed to see Jeff and Sage go, but excited for them in their future. Uh, in a moment, Jeff is going to share some reflections about their recent um, journey. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I'll say more next week, but I want to just mention this, that I, next week's a long weekend. And some of you have plans. Maybe some of you want to cut those plans short. You want to travel back. And I would encourage you to do so for, uh, yeah, an important uh, family, church family, morning together next week. Uh, Pastor Jeff will be speaking and uh, we'll share a time of prayer for them as a couple. Um, church family gathering around them next Sunday morning. So, um, but we did ask, I asked Jeff to share this portion today in case some of you uh, are going to be away for the long weekend and just can't be here. I wanted you to hear uh, some of these expressions that he's prepared to share today. So uh, show your appreciation to Pastor Jeff as he comes. Thank you. Well, this is like the one thing on stage I've never done before, is like talk about leaving somewhere. So... Um, as I've been kind of thinking through the last couple of weeks of sharing for a few minutes here, uh, I don't really know what you're supposed to do, but I figured I'd just kind of go through um, just some reflections as to the last five years. Obviously, it's extremely mixed emotions when you're transitioning to a new role, especially when you've been a part of a church, and that's the difference. I've, I've had transitions between jobs before, uh, not recently, obviously, but it's, it's a little different. It's a little unique when you're working in a church, when you've been a pastor, when you've been a part of weekly, daily community in, in a space. I've, you know, when I worked at a lumberyard, I was there on and off, but I was there for consistently for years and years. When I left, there wasn't a little bit of sadness. I was like, oh, I, I've been here a long time. But it was like I didn't have an emotional connection to the rough fur or the spruce. You know, I hadn't spent, like, hours crying with the, well, that's not true. Um, no, but, you know, I didn't, I didn't spend hours, like, having deep conversations with, with wood and building supplies. It was okay. But when you're leaving a space that you've built relationship with, when you're leaving a, a community and, and a church family, it's, it's definitely unique. It's different. And while I'm super excited about my next step in life for me and Sage and, and my role at the district office um, and all the cool stuff I get to do there, there's a cost. That's basically the best way I've been able to, to put it. Even the moment that I was offered this job and the moment that I first felt excitement towards it and the moment that I first knew, even if I hadn't verbally said it yet, that this was going to be a yes, immediately you start to count the cost. You miss that miss out on that chance to have that handshake with that person that you've seen every Sunday um, at the front door for the last five years. You, you miss on the opportunity to, to hang out with the youth leaders that you've built relationship with, working side by side with over a year, half a decade. And the students that you've seen grow from, in Tyson Brady's case, from like under five feet tall to eight feet tall in just like a matter of moments. And that's, that's hard. That really is hard. Um, if anyone ever tells you that it's not hard, they're wrong. You're going you're to have that, that difficulty. You're going to have that cost. 
there's going to be a sense of loss there. But at the same time, I can't say that I'm, I'm not excited for the next. And I'll tell you a little bit about that in a little bit. But the biggest thing that I've encountered here, if I look back on my last five years, um, it's these things. It's friendships and, and church family relationships, as I was just kind of saying. There's been in people that I've been able to make relationship with. Like, obviously, when you're a youth pastor, you're supposed to hang out with youth, right? That's, it's in the job description, young adults. That's important. I did that, and it was awesome. But some of the most valuable interactions I've had here at Eaglemont Church over the last half a decade was with people who were outside of my job description, if that makes sense. Uh, having, going for coffee with Wouter uh, every once in a while. And I know Wouter, he keeps reminding me I owe him lunch. So we're going to have to get that done, even if it's not this week. We'll get it done. Um, working with people who you know, stepped out and, uh, and asked to be a part of the ministry that I was in charge of. Uh, Carol came in and asked two things. Two years ago, just showed up and started cooking food for us on Fridays. Um, just wanted to serve in whatever way she could. Here's someone who's much older than your average youth leader, but was contributing in the way that she best knew how, and, and built awesome friendships and relationships with people like that. And honestly, that was probably one of the hardest conversations I had to have. Um, was with people like that of saying, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be here anymore. So know, know that. that. That's the most valuable stuff. Um, it's moments that I'll miss, like just chatting with people at the back just before church starts or, or afterwards or joking around with Jason Copan about how the Oilers were going to get better in the, my time here. And it didn't. It happened a little bit, but yeah, it really was a false, false hope. So anyways. Maybe at my next job, they'll make the playoffs. That's, that's the dream. So what is my new role? My new role is this. When we look across the board, this, when I say church, I'm not talking about um, just Eaglemont Church or Edmonton or, or Alberta. When we look across the board in North America and specifically in Canada, if you look at the stats, the churches are not growing. We're, we're in a new paradigm. There's, there's a culture that is not open to, to church. We're in a, we're in a post-Christian society. And one of the things that we're trying to do as the district is move away from being what we call a district office. It sounds very formal, very official. In a sense, it is. But really becoming a resourcing center to find ways to go travel around to different churches and, and to help to coach them along to, to see if we can vitalize churches that are literally on the brink of, of dying. There are lots of churches around Canada, Alberta, and closer to Edmonton than you might think that are literally a few people away from not being able to sustain themselves anymore or let alone grow. As we all know, we don't want to just sustain ourselves and have pay the heating bills. That's not a sign of success. A sign of success is that a church is reaching people, is, is, is reaching lost people. That's what we're called to. That's what the Great Commission is. And so it's our, our goal and it's our, our mission as, as the resourcing center for Alberta Northwest Territories to, to be able to coach churches along with that. And for my role, I'm, I'm specifically working with leaders 35 and under, trying to develop leaders um, at a pace that we can meet the, uh, what I call the senior tsunami. And that's our, that our, somewhere around 50% of our uh, lead pastors in Canada, not just in PAOC, but across the board, are going to be retiring in the next 10 years. So we need to make sure that we have uh, leaders who are ready to take on uh, the weight of that next step, maybe a little earlier than traditionally they, they would. So there's lots of strategic ways to do that. I won't bore you with that. We have some plans, obviously. Um, if you want to ask questions about that, I'd be happy to chat with you about that. But just strategically developing leaders to be ready to take over um, in lead pastor positions 
that that's a lot of weight. That's that, that's heavy, and there's a lot of those roles coming. So I'll be working with Vanguard College a little bit, um, and working with different uh, different churches around Alberta, traveling a lot to do that as well. Um, and so yeah, I'm really excited about that. I've never been actually further east than Saskatoon in Canada, so at some point I guess I'm going to be able to do that in this job. So that's a perk. Um, I'd like I'd I'd like to not just I don't really care to go to Saskatoon again, but maybe further east than that would be great. Um, but yeah, so the, it's, it's tough. It's a tough, tough time. It's a tough transition. It hasn't come lightly to make this decision. But, but when I look at what we need to do and what needs to be done, not just here, but across Canada, I'm, I'm filled with hope and excitement. We've seen through the vitalization stuff that we're doing at the district, uh, the growth in Alberta, not just transfer growth, because you know we can get caught up in numbers and um, we can just look at like, you know, here, we can find a way to make numbers up or, or, or bend them a way that will benefit our story. So sometimes when you hear about churches saying they're growing, it's well, other people from other churches came and that's, grow that's growth. It is technically numerical growth, but what we want to see is people who don't know Jesus yet coming to churches, falling in love with Jesus and becoming part of uh, a Jesus-based community and, and church family. So what we've seen is in the last year, we saw 2,000 new people in Alberta come, um, not necessarily directly because of the vitalization stuff we're doing, but we believe that it, that had a role in it. It's, at the end of the day, God has to move for that to happen, and we have to rely on him. But what we need in this, in this time across Alberta, whether that's at Eaglemont Church or uh, Southside Pentecostal or Weka or First Assembly in Calgary, whatever it is, we need to step out every day and look at what we can do to contribute to this. We need to look towards what we can do um, in our daily lives to contribute to people who don't know Jesus, knowing Jesus, knowing the value of that lifestyle, knowing the next step in their life, and, and, and realizing how important that is to what, what they need, that that's probably a void in their life that they, they haven't even realized. So how do we do that? So in some ways, it's, it's churches finding ways programmically or in their presentation for sure. But, but what we need to do beyond all that is find ways to, that we can contribute. And a lot of that comes first off with our attitude. And that's what I wanted to share. There's a verse in Philippians 2, Philippians 2 verse 3, and it's Paul, a guy who used to, if you haven't read the Bible, he hated Christians, he was hunting Christians, he was part of, had packs of people going with him and was actually overseeing some murders of Christians at this point before God stepped in and made a, uh, a miraculous change in his life. And uh, basically just like showed himself, Jesus showed himself, and next thing you know, Paul is not hunting Christians, but he's what would be traditionally known as a missionary, going around planting churches. The majority of the Bible is, or at least a good chunk of the New Testament was written by him which is like, that's a major TSN turning point in, in history, for sure. It says in Philippians 2, verse 3, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. And what he's saying there is that Jesus was God. But for the time that he came to earth, he put his rights aside. He put his comforts aside. He was worthy and could have asked to be a king, to have a throne, to have a crown, to have um, Egyptian cotton sheets and a bed in a castle. But Jesus 
didn't do that. He was homeless. He was traveling, just couch surfing from place to place. Jesus put himself in places where he would be uncomfortable because he knew that's where the people were. He got in trouble because he was hanging out with prostitutes and tax collectors and thieves and people that were social outcasts. He was touching lepers to heal them when nobody else would even go near them without screaming unclean, unclean, unclean at them and socially breaking them down and psychologically breaking them down. And he was touching them. And the amount of social pressure to not do that would have been incredible as well. Jesus was willing to put his comfort aside at all costs, in all situations, at all times, to try and reach people. To have people understand how much God loved them, to have them understand how important this relationship with God, with Jesus is. And that's what we need to do. And I know that when I read this, I'm always like, yeah, sure. We need to do that. But how good am I at practicing that? What happens when my preferences of how I want to live my life come into play? What happens when my preferences of how I want church to look programmically or on a Sunday morning come into play? Am I taking that approach to every situation? When I see somebody, a neighbor who needs help, but it's a little bit more convenient to just kind of pretend I didn't see what's happening or I haven't been aware of the situation that they're going through. It's just easier. I'm tired. It's the end of my day. I want to go home. I only have three hours before I have to go to bed and it's back to work again. And I don't want to go help them with uh, shoveling their, their sidewalk if they're elderly or something, whatever it is. Or go help them buy some groceries for someone who you know is in trouble. I don't want to do that because it's more work and it's difficult and it's not comfortable. Or maybe it's in the way that we come in on Sunday morning and it's like, well, I don't really like the way this looks, or that looks, or this sounds, or that is. It's not about us. It's about them. It's about people who don't know Jesus yet. In everything we do, we need to realize it's not about me. And I know that that's the heart of so many people here. It's my heart, but I need a reminder every once in a while, because there's times where I don't choose that. There's times where it's easier to put your blinders up. It's easier to be preference-driven than to be driven by reaching people who need it more than anybody. So for all of us across Canada, for church, for me, for you in our daily lives, whatever it is, here's here's my call. Here's my, my, my challenge. Here's my hope for Eaglemont Church is that we would daily wake up and we would look for God's cutting edge for our lives. That we would see not what other people are doing, what other churches are doing. We wouldn't just copy, but we would say, God, Holy Spirit, we need you today to drive our decisions and drive our actions. Give us your cutting edge. Give us what you need. We need to reach Beaumont, what we need to reach whatever part of Edmonton you live in. Give us the heart that you had where you were willing to put your comforts aside. This is when, he, when we go to church and you hear about, like, pick up your cross and carry it every day. That's not just, like, a happy metaphor. That's, like, Bear the weight of this. Bear the discomfort. But at the end of the day, there's going to be a reward. And it's not necessarily for you. It's not that I'm going to gain something. It's that the reward is that people will see the joy of a life with Jesus. How exciting is that? That's awesome. And that's what comes on the other side of obedience, of putting our comforts and our preferences and, um, aside and seeking what God has for us in our day-to-day lives. That's the call that Jesus put on our hearts. That's what the mission statement of this church means. That's what the Great Commission, when it says, go and share the the gospel with all nations. Make disciples. Do it. 
but it takes us first centering our attitude on Jesus. It takes us, and we can do that practically in different ways by saying hey, in the morning when we wake up or whenever you do it, read your Bible, pray every day. It's like kid stuff. But it's the kid stuff that we let slip by the wayside and we don't actually do, right? I go days without it. It's not good. It's not the best case scenario. I have to focus myself and make sure that I'm making that a priority. And I would challenge everyone here too as well. That's how we're going to change the culture of Canada. It's not necessarily like, sure, phone your MP, send your, your emails, when, like obviously be a part of the, poli the political landscape, do what you can. But I really believe the number one thing we're going to be able to do is to change the world around us and the, the culture around us is by acting like Jesus did when we interact with culture day to day, by putting our comforts aside for, for the cause of Jesus. And by praying for our politicians, praying for our culture, for those of us that like to complain, I love to complain. I love it. It doesn't help anything, but it feels so good. If you're going to complain, spend two times as much praying. And if that's like, man, I don't have that much time, well, maybe you need to complain less because you've got to pray two times as much. And so that's what we need to do. That's, that's, that's my challenge. That's my hope for you is that you'd be a church that is so driven by being outward bound, by seeking the lost, by seeking um, just being people that have an impact on the world around you, not necessarily through the way you talk, but through your actions, through your love, and through the way that you're willing to, to just do anything for the cause of the gospel of Jesus. So that's my hope. And I, obviously I'm going to be speaking next week um, I'm speaking on lust, so a real happy-go-lucky way to go out. It'll be good. It'll be good. Well, well, no, it's part of Proverbs. It was a topic. It wasn't just given to me. I actually picked it, but we'll go. It's just funny. It'll be a really good message, but I'm hoping I'm not going to double up on some stuff. But for those of you that weren't going to be here, I wanted you to hear my heart. My heart for this church. My heart is that when I come back to visit, I will. Um, you might see me from time to time pop in. That's, that's a perk of my job is um, I get to kind of travel around a bit and have some freedom there. Um, but when I come back, I'm so excited to hear of the, the reports of, of what's happening here um, and what, what the next young leaders and, and Pastor Marlowe and Joel and Crystal and the rest of the great team you have here of pastors um, will be doing and, and, and all the people that are going to be filling this space. Like, I can't wait in a couple of years to hear that there's two services going on here because they couldn't fit people in here. Um, and that's going to be great. So um, let me pray for you guys. I know that next week we're going to pray uh, for me and Sage and, and have a little bit of a time together for that. But I, I want to pray for you as Eaglemont Church. So let's bow our heads. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the time that I've had here, me and Sage have had here in the last little bit. Thank you for the relationships that we built with the youth leaders, with the youth, with, with multiple generations, God. I just pray, God, that um, as I go and as, as this time of transition happens, that you would just have your, your way in this church um, in whatever that looks like in, in future hires and whatever that is, God. We know that you have the next in place for Eaglemont um, and that that's going to be good and this is all in your plan. God, I pray that uh, during transition times that, that it would be um, as smooth as possible. Uh, God, I just pray that for this church, for Eaglemont Church, that they would be driven by being completely 100% outward bound in their lifestyle, in their choosing of, of um, mission over comfort, God. And we just pray that uh, 
because of that, we know that we're going to see tons of people who don't know you yet coming to this church and being a, being a, a part of this church family and finding the value that comes from that, from that uh, community that, that you've called us to be. God, we know that Eaglemont Church has a, has a long purpose and a strong purpose in Beaumont to change the culture of the world around us here, to not just change it, but to just be a positive impact, God. So for every person here, God, may they go out this week and next week and for the rest of their lives, may they go out and be people that don't choose comfort but cho- or choose preference, but choose you every day, that choose to put their comforts aside and, and be a force for, this, for Jesus in this community. And God, I just pray that they would go out and uh, make disciples of all nations, just like you called us to, in whatever way, creative ways that you would, you would give us. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.